Hello. You are listening to the Audio Information Network of Colorado. Thank you for joining us for Community Conversations. The following recording is intended for the use of blind, visually impaired, and print format disabled individuals. One in 10 seniors over the age of 65 will fall victim to exploitation or financial fraud, and this number may be low as many incidents are not reported. Physical, emotional, and sexual abuse happens to senior men and women across all races and socioeconomic levels. The perpetrator could be a paid guardian, a family member, or a new best friend who has taken on the role of a caregiver. Today, we welcome our guest, Elizabeth Dare, a private investigator and owner of Red Rocks Private Investigations. Elizabeth Dare is a former journalist and sales manager with a passion for investigations. She holds a BS in journalism from CU Boulder and is a graduate of the PI Academy of the Rockies. She's also a member of the Professional Private Investigators Association of Colorado. I'm so excited to have you here on Community Conversations. So my first question is, what exactly is elder abuse and what, what does it look like? Well, there are several forms of uh, elder abuse and they fall into sort of large categories. The first one is um, financial abuse and that really is the largest category. It happens most frequently. Um, there's a 2011 study by MetLife that said that um, uh, almost $3 billion was fraudulently taken from seniors. Mm -hmm. So um, it can be anything from the phone scams that are prevalent these days with the robo calls. Uh, it could be a caregiver who's in the home who may steal property. Uh, mm -hmm. It could be um, something like a caregiver who goes to the grocery store for a senior and buys some groceries, but then also takes cash back out at the, at the checkout. Mm. Um, and then in the much larger scale, it's um, where people get seniors to uh, mistakenly sign documents such as powers of attorney or um, anything that would give them more financial control over mm -hmm. the seniors' finances. Um, it could also be getting them to um, sign off on either adding someone to their home or, or, or actually having somebody sign off so that, that they don't own their home anymore. It mm -hmm. gets signed over to the perpetrator. Wow. I would imagine a lot of seniors, if they can't read the piece of paper that they're signing, um, it'd be easy for the caretaker to just kind of lie or, or neglect certain points of the document just to get the person to sign. Does that happen oh, frequently? Oh, absolutely. Wow. You know, and, and, you know, sometimes the seniors have some cognitive disability and so they don't necessarily know what they're signing, but they trust the person. That's mm -hmm. the, the biggest part about this is that there's trust already established with these relationships and then the perpetrator can take advantage of that. Wow. So what kinds of things can they do to prevent something like that? Could they hire like a, I don't know what it's called, someone who comes in and witnesses the signing or... Um, yeah, you could, well, I think the biggest key that you can do is prevention. And, um, and that means to really try to take care of these issues ahead of time, like while you're still fully functioning mentally and physically. And that's to probably work with an attorney 
to um, have a power of attorney that someone that you really trust who um, will who will take your your lifestyle and your interest into consideration when making decisions for you. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really good to identify that person, <clears throat> excuse me, um, now while you really can and um, to put that kind of trust in them. Also to make a living will would be a good idea mm-hmm. um, because um, you want to make sure that uh, your health care is going to be taken care of properly. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so prevention is is really the best thing that you can do. Wow, interesting. I never mm-hmm. really thought about those points of preventing it from happening. Mm-hmm. That's that's. I bet you guys have some really good tips and advice um, on all sorts of stuff on that. Um, yeah. Well, there's and there's plenty of resources. Um, mm-hmm. You can find an elder law attorney or a family law attorney, either of those people could probably help you with with these kind of documents. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so it just, it, it can be so easily um, prevented, I think, if you just take the steps now. And I know we all have busy lives and we, we think, oh, well, I'll, I can get to that later, I can get to that later, but you really just don't know. So that's yeah. the best thing. Wow. So I want to go back to that number you said earlier about how many dollars are taken um, using mm-hmm. frauds. It was, did you say three billion? Three billion dollars. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's mm-hmm. pretty amazing. Is the main way that they do that through telephone scams or? Um, I, I don't know exactly the main way, mm-hmm. you know, like if there's one way that's more prevalent than others. I just know that there's so many different ways that they can take, you know, they can take advantage of seniors. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and it could be something from, um, let's say you have a daughter or son who's taking care of a parent and they feel like, they should get some sort of payback for the time that they spend taking care of that parent. So maybe they start paying their bills out of the mother's account. Um, and so, you know, and, and it's sort of a slippery slope and you can't do that. You, you can't get paid for, I mean, there's state laws about being paid for caring for a family member. So you need to really know what that is. You can't just assume that, Oh, I'm, you know, I'm taking care of my parents, so I should get some compensation for that. Yeah, totally. Um, and I think that probably that's a lot of how it happens. Interesting. So kind of coming into this conversation, I was expecting you'd be like companies from other countries that are running these scams. Um, but it sounds like from what you're saying, a lot of the time it's their trusted ones. It's their friends and family. You know, like I like I said earlier, um, it's their new best friend. Mm-hmm. Um, that's really pulling these scams and maybe perhaps they don't realize uh, the detrimental effects of what their actions are doing. Um, Yeah, I think that, um, I think it could be, I think it's probably equal. There are plenty of scams that are going on and, um, and people are really harmed by those, but you do need to think about the people that are closest to them too, that have these trusted relationships Mm -hmm. that um, could also be doing it. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. especially in such a vulnerable such a vulnerable position that some of the seniors are in. Um, yeah, you know, they're I think they're very trust very trusting, um, and they the things get more confusing. Maybe they're confused by technology. Um, you know, it just 
the world just gets a little bit more hard to navigate as you age. And so um, it's just much easier to take advantage of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we talked a little bit about kind of the financial um, scams um, and then some of the more legal scams. What about uh, like neglect? Um, is that a common one that you often see? Yes, neglect is, um, well, it is by that definition, neglect. And it can be um, anything from maybe not giving the person their medications that they're supposed to get Mm -hmm. to not giving them enough food and water, um, maybe leaving them unsupervised if they really do need some supervision. Um, So it it could be, you know, if they're incontinent, not changing them, not changing the bed. Um, And the thing about neglect is that it can be purposeful Um, But it can also be that maybe the person just isn't really well-versed in how to care for the person, so they don't know. um, You know, it's important that this person has their medications all the time. It's important that their bed sheets get changed all the time, you know. Mm -hmm. So so neglect is there, um, and it's purposeful, or it's just sort of a lack of knowledge. Wow, and that can be very detrimental to their health, um, to their well-being and their... Yeah, you can look for signs like, um, you know, do they have rashes? Do they look unkempt? You know, are their clothes dirty? Mm-hmm. Um, are they, um, you know, they're losing a lot of weight, that kind of thing. So those are sort of the signs you can look for yeah. for neglect. Yeah, it yeah. seems like neglect is one of those points that's more subtle. Like it could be a little bit mm-hmm. harder, even if you're the senior being abused in that way, it might be hard to decipher, is this abuse or? Yeah, um, and I think a lot of it, um, you know, some of this probably happens more at uh, facilities like uh, assisted living facilities. Mm -hmm. I think the staff is overwhelmed usually. Uh, They may not be very well trained. They're not necessarily well paid. So, they're just overwhelmed, and so some of this neglect happens because of that as well. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So even in assisted living homes as mm-hmm. well as if they're in their own home, mm-hmm. with a caretaker or a family member. Wow. Yeah. Again, it, this is the kind of thing it can happen with someone who's a caretaker that's been paid to care for them or a family member or a friend or somebody who knows them very well. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Wow. Mm-hmm. So how often do you see, like, physical or sexual abuse to seniors? Um, Well, it's not as common, but it certainly does um, happen. Um, The physical abuse is could be, like, slapping or hitting or burning. Um, It could be throwing them down onto the bed. You know, they're, they're... much more fragile and so you need to be a lot more careful with them and and sort of throwing them down into the bed or throwing them into a chair or that kind of thing mm-hmm. um, restraining them also happens to keep them uh, restrained in the bed or a chair um, also sometimes they're drugged uh, with not one of their own prescriptions but some other prescription medication to kind of sedate them wow. and to keep so the caregiver doesn't have to spend as much time with them. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, those things happen. And then there is sexual abuse. Um, it can be anything from making them undress um, to inappropriate touching and then also just plain rape. 
Mm-hmm. Um, these, again, they're vulnerable. They may be confined to bed. Um, they may not be cognitively very aware. And so people think that that's, that's a recipe for, for being able to take advantage of them and that no one will believe them or no one mm-hmm. will, um, you know, no one will believe that it really happened to them and that they're making it up or they're just out of it or, you know, so, um, perpetrators really try to take advantage of that. Wow. That's very disturbing that people will go for some of the most vulnerable Mm. people in society just to pull these power moves or neglect or whatever it may be, the reason that they're doing these things, but it's a very, uh, delicate situation. And it is. It's, it's, I find it, I really love the senior population and, um, I just think they have so much to offer and they, they've got great stories and they've got mm-hmm. great experiences. And I think they, they're really an asset to us and that we really should be caring for them. Mm-hmm. And, um, I just, I think it's awful that people take advantage of them. Yeah. yeah. Do you guys provide any, like, advocacy, or do you just do legal help, or...? Um, just legal help. Um, I I participate in some groups um, around the area. Uh, I'm based in Lakewood and Golden, and so the Jefferson County has a Council on Aging, and they also have something called Triad, and those are both groups that are meant to make people more aware of senior issues, um, and the triad actually has monthly meetings where they, um, they bring up topics for seniors. And I've been to those meetings and there are a lot of seniors that show up for those meetings. And the other thing that's really great about those meetings is, um, one of the keys to allowing abuse to continue is isolating the victim. Mm-hmm. And so, um, because that allows you know, it keeps the person from asking for help and it allows the behavior to go on. And those meetings are really, you know, they bring you into the community and they bring seniors into the community. So um, it it keeps them from being isolated. And I think that that's really what's so important is that um, they really, they need to, as you age, it's really important to keep social connections, mm-hmm. keep family connections if they're healthy, and um, and not allow yourself to be isolated. And mm-hmm. that makes you, because that makes you more vulnerable to abuse, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could imagine. Yeah, a lot of um, seniors, specifically, like low vision, um, they do experience a lot of isolation. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of that is because um, they live in remote areas in the mountains. Um, mm-hmm. They often don't have access to Internet um, mm-hmm. and therefore don't have as easy access to resources mm-hmm. um, and phone numbers and things like that. So mm-hmm. even subtle ways of isolation, um, mm-hmm. lacking Internet, is can be very detrimental if someone's experiencing abuse and they don't have a number to call. Mm-hmm. Um, that can be a very dangerous situation. Yes, yes. Yeah. yeah. There are some, and there are other resources, um, like there, you can certainly call, um, there's the Area Agency on Aging in a lot of areas. They're regional. There's one in Boulder, I know, and there's one in Denver and Greeley and Colorado Springs. And um, But their whole mission is really to promote the well-being of 
seniors, and so they provide a ton of resources. Um, they also want to keep seniors independent. Mm-hmm. So again, this is another way of you know um, of having some resources, and um, yeah, so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think um, for all of you out there, if you're feeling like you're being abused um, in any way or neglected or anything like that, it's important to know these resources and know the signs. But what about if you know someone who you have you have a feeling that they're being abused in some way? What kind mm-hmm. of warning signs can you look for? Um, well, you can look for sort of abrupt changes in behavior. Um, if they seem to be more quiet or... Um, you know, they're just not responding to you as much. Um, I think if you um, see them looking unkempt and their appearance starts to go down, they start to lose weight. Um, you know, if you see them confused, if you see them um, like maybe without their dentures or maybe without their hearing aid, that means that they're not really getting the things that they need. Um, and I think it's best to try to talk to them. It's important to find out if they're getting what they need because abuse often occurs by the person threatening not to give them the services that they need. Mm -hmm. And then they stay in that cycle because they're afraid that they're not going to get what they need. So the person's going to say, well, if you don't give me this money, I'm not going to go to the grocery store for you. Well, if that person can't go to the grocery store for himself, then he's going to be less likely to tell anyone that he, you know, that this person is abusing him and taking money from him. Mm -hmm. So um, it's important to ask them if they, if they, they have the resources that they need and, and to try to help them get them if they don't. And again, like going to the agency area, agency on aging, is an important an important resource to help them be able to get these kinds of things. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, they can be stuck in that cycle of dependency with the abuser, right. and right. that can be hard to get out of. Mm-hmm. Wow, okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, so but they pretty much have the same resources. Um, if, if you're concerned for a friend or family member or loved one, they have the same resources. Um, yeah, call. the other thing is I would say, um, and... One thing is, again, the isolation. Um, you know, if they go to the doctor's office, that's another place that they can t- reach out to someone. Um, sometimes they don't want to talk to the doctor. Um, like if they're being abused physically and they've been hurt in some way, they might not want to go to the doctor. But that is one place where you can get them alone and they can be open and honest. I know um, I just had a physical recently and I filled out paperwork and there was actually a question on there. Are you being abused or are you, mm-hmm. you know, uncomfortable in your home situation or something where um, there was an opportunity to really tell someone mm-hmm. in confidence that this was happening to them. Yeah, I didn't realize yes. that. That's mm-hmm. that's a really good opportunity um, if someone's concerned. Um, yeah, because they know it's gonna the information's gonna be safe and secure. Right. Um, they know it's a very trusted. Right. It's a doctor's office. It's a very trusted um, resource, and mm-hmm. they can really let someone know without feeling like they're going out and seeking help. And if they have a fear that their right. abuser is gonna find out. Right. Um, 
that might be a good way to um, get around that fear and still let someone know. Yeah, you can also call um, Adult Protective Services if you fear that someone's being abused. And you don't have to have proof that it's happening. You just have to have like an inkling or a feeling that something is going wrong. And that is the whole purpose of Adult Protective Services is to come and investigate those types of things. So they mm -hmm. will send someone out um, and look into it and see if it needs to be followed up on. So Adult Protective Services is another resource that you could call if you feel and like if you don't necessarily want to get involved personally or, you know, you can you can reach out to them as well. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I saw on the uh, Red Rocks Private Investigations website that mm -hmm. you guys offer three free 30-minute um, consultations. Mm -hmm. uh, so who exactly is that good for? It's good for anybody. Okay. Um, I think the nature of what I do is um, a little different, and so people aren't necessarily sure whether they need an investigator or maybe they think they do but um, I can kind of walk them through some questions and see um, maybe that's not what they really need um, and you know it's just because I you know people don't often call private investigators and in something unless mm -hmm. something's wrong and it's just good to have some time to talk that over first uh, it also gives me a little bit of background because I don't take every case. Right. Um, you know, there are people that um, have good intentions of using a private investigator. Maybe they want to find a birth parent. Um, but there are some people that have bad intentions of trying to find people. And so um, I need to make sure that those don't go any farther. So yeah. um, I always do a 30-minute consultation with anybody who calls me. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, if you are out there and you're interested in contacting Elizabeth Dare or the uh, Red Rocks uh, Private Investigations, you can email at Elizabeth at Red Rocks S or excuse me Elizabeth at Red Rocks PI.com. Again, that is Elizabeth at Red Rocks PI.com. You can also call the company at 720-625-2423. Again, that is 720-625-2423. Um, they also have a website. It, it's redrockspi.com, and they are located in Lakewood, Colorado, 80228. Um, is there any final thoughts you want to say on this topic? No, I just thank you for the opportunity to talk about it because, as I said, the senior population is very important to me, and um, I really want to do what I can to protect them. And um, so I just appreciate it. Thanks. Yeah, thank you so much for coming on. I really mm -hmm. appreciate it. And I think the resources and information you gave us all is really valuable. And it's a really big concern we should all have as a, as a society. Um, we do need to protect that class and make sure everyone's safe and not being abused. So really appreciate you coming on. Mm -hmm. Thanks. This is the Audio Information Network of Colorado. Thank you for joining us for Community Conversations. My name is Alex, and as always, we invite you to please stay tuned for our next program.